Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and hopefully need. Today, we are talking about some tried and true AI-enabled capabilities that save time and headaches for so many organizations today, and in particular, how AI-enabled analytic tools allow networking teams to identify and respond faster to issues, thereby delivering better on service level objectives. To help us guide the conversation, we have champions Joe Mark Vittle and our Cisco expert Pradeep with us here today. First things first, we're going to get started with a round of introductions. And Pradeep, we're going to start with you. Can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco? Thanks, Emily. I'm Pradeep Kathel. I'm CTO for Enterprise Networking at Cisco. And Enterprise Networking covers all the equipment which goes inside a building, so which is your wireless equipment, your switches, routers, some of the carpeted IoT stuff. Nice. All right. Now on to our host, Joe. Who are you? What do you do? Howdy, y'all. Joe Hughes. I am a solutions architect working at Pure Storage focused on the FlashDAC solution. A longtime data center and UCS geek and uh, basically a full stack geek for all things within the data center. Great. Mark, you're up next. My name is Mark Lüscher. I'm working for Fresenius Medical Care in the network security area. I'm pretty much owning topics like email security, firewalls, uh, seam, and so on. All right, Vidal. Last but not least, who are you? Yeah, good morning, everyone. My name is Vithal Thutte, working as Network Convergence Advisor at Entity Data and taking care of unified contact centers for different clients. You can find me on Twitter as Vithal underscore Thutte. I'm very excited to be on Cisco Champion Radio. Uh, This is my first one. Yay, we're excited to have you. All right. Okay, pretty. Before the champs dive in uh, to the details of the topic, can you help us level set with some background? Uh, Sure, Emily. Thanks. So today's topic is AI ops. And the first question that really comes to mind is, what is AI ops? What AI ops means is AI-driven operation, and it includes AI-driven observability, insights, troubleshooting, to ensure that the health of your infrastructure stays good. The AI ops also includes uh, health of connected users, devices, especially IoT devices, applications, and underlying infrastructures. Uh, You might have heard terms like DevOps, SecOps, NetOps. All these terms are used for a specific domain, but they have some AI ops embedded on, on all of them. The couple of other things to set up the context is, why are we talking about AI ops now? Why it is important? Okay. Uh, so two things are changing in the industry. First is the lot of IT operations is, is still manual and most of the resources are spent in doing routine maintenance tasks. Uh, 95% of the network changes are is still performed manually today and they create lot of problems and lot of uh, security nightmares. The second thing which is happening is the explosion of the devices, right? A lot of IoT devices are coming in. Applications, everybody is moving to cloud. There is a hybrid cloud, your own data center, software as a service, and the demand for bandwidth keeps on increasing. And this COVID thing is just still around, which means all of us are still working from home and actually all of us are recording this from home. 
So the security perimeter is all over the place, okay? And all of these things is making the infrastructure really, really, really complex and uh, we need some help, okay? And this is where the AI can help. Uh, finally, before I hand it over to the champions, uh, Cisco products like DNA Center provide AI ops-like capabilities. Uh, they provide insights and observability capabilities. And DNA Center is the network management platform. Uh, it's a foundational component for what Cisco calls intent-based networking. Uh, DNA Center provides capabilities like automate your uh, configuration for your physical devices, your virtual devices, your services, or ensures that you're getting the best performance out of your network using its uh, AI-based assurance engine. So back to you, uh, champions. All right. Uh, so what is AI and how can how can we apply it in day-to-day? Uh, -day? Uh, thanks, Vittar. So the way to think about what is AI is basically teaching machines to do a little bit of task which may be too complex for human. So if you have a lot of data to analyze or a lot of data to look at, the machines can quickly process that data rather than human going through that data and they can look at the insights from uh, those data. Uh, the way to think about AI is think about the industrial revolution. And when industrial revolution came, we brought in machines to help humans because we could do more physical tasks using those machines. AI, the way to think about AI is AI is liberating us from our mental capabilities because machines can look at the vast amount of data and find the patterns within them. So that's basically the AI. There are little bit more nuance I will talk about. There are two parts of AI. One is called machine learning and one is called machine reasoning. Machine learning is basically statistical models you build looking at the data. Uh, they are probabilistic models, so they will give you probability somewhere between 0 0.1 to 9.99. They will never say this is the right thing or this is the wrong thing. They will give you a great probability. There is another branch which is not talked about too much and in Cisco we are using it. It's called machine reasoning. This is basically the rules-based engine. So if you can define a set of rules, then machine can reason with them. And the, the good part of machine reasoning is that it always gives you answer. Something is either correct or something is wrong. This never gives you a probabilistic answer. And within Cisco, we look at machine learning and reasoning together as an AI. So that's what we mean by AI. Then you talked about how can we use the AI or what it is. The way to think about, or the way at least I think about it is, AI enables uh, us to work smarter and faster. But at the same time, what we need to understand is, is this is a completely new technology. And we don't want to come under peer pressure that if somebody says AI ops, I need to start using it tomorrow. Okay, What I will say is, use AI to your advantage. Okay, Enable it at your pace. Okay, uh, Use the crawl, walk, run kind of analogy. My suggestion will be, uh, the first thing you need to do is get comfortable with AI using, uh, look at what uh, insights AI is giving you. So when it's looking at your infrastructure, what insights is giving you, okay? And then you basically validate with your own tools, which day-to-day -to -day tools you use, is it giving you the right set of insights or not? Once you feel more comfortable that you can now rely on that AI operations for insights, 
you can think about automating using AI for some of the automation framework. So uh, let it suggest a few simple changes you should do. And then you should look at those changes and then you can go to the next step and next step. So that's how I will say you should apply AI into your day-to-day work. Hi Pratip. So the use case I'm aware for AI is in, in our logging business, we usually consolidate log files. Uh, we get them from the devices. We write them into our cloud and then we create a data lake or how Emily calls them data oceans. Mm-hmm. And then we consolidate them then we learn on patterns that means we get a baseline and we look what is different in terms of those patterns if i look a little bit at the cisco portfolio i can see that in the discovery of infrastructure ai can be very useful i can also see a use case where we say anomaly detection might be an interesting one what are the limitations? Because we see that we need a baseline and then we compare against the baseline. What are other limitations you could see? You talked about the limitation and I will turn that around to you. So you talked about you collect a lot of data, you put it into the data lake, you normalize all the data. I think the uh, interesting uh, point around the limitation is that for AI to work properly, you need a lot of data and you need the data, the quantity of the data, the quality of data. And the other thing which you need is you need a data which is coming from varied sources. So it's not a biased data kind of thing. Because if you have any of those, then you basically AI is going to be as good as data. Okay, So I think that's the biggest limitation of the AI of how do you get the this quality data in the vast amount which is not biased to train your model for the uh, proper behavior, okay? On the other side also, when you look at the machine reasoning, now you need a lot of experts to create these rules for you, right? If you are rules-based engine. So again, you got a problem is how do you create the rules and how do you get the subject matter expertise and how do you connect these rules together? So. Uh, Joe, uh, sorry, Mark, that's where the limitation comes in on the data or subject matter experts. So Joe, uh, uh, what are you, where are you using the AI uh, uh, or how are you using the AI? So I would say the the things that we're looking at the most, which kind of comes back to my question of of re-anchoring this back into ops, right? What is the easiest uh, use case for adoption? Having the insight into all of the analytics, having the ability to offload a lot of these repetitive tasks is great. But for actual operators or for business uh, management focus, right? What is it that we're really getting as the benefit out of this? To me, the the repetitive tasks and, and getting us out of the business of doing minutia that a com- that a computer can manage. Uh, is great, but how do we actually get to providing better services, right? That's that's kind of what I'm always looking at. And that's typically the, the sorts of engagements that I get brought into is how do we leverage this technology, which is great for us as technologists, how does this actually provide better service to our end users? You know, does, does AI and, and ML and machine reasoning get us more into better observability for user experience, or does it get us to just providing services faster? Does it get us to um, kind of taking us out of the the service request business and and automating a lot of that to make it 
either self-service or self-healing or or provision on demand and start doing, you know, everything essentially as just an intelligent fabric for all of this. Um, and and how do folks really start understanding this and thinking about how they can put it in place without boiling the ocean? Okay, so uh, Joe, that's a lot of questions. Okay, <laughs> let's take them uh, uh, one at a time. If you think about what most of the organizations are trying to do today, okay, uh, they are trying to digitize their enterprise. They are trying to provide better user uh, uh, experience. Okay, but the problem with the better user experience is that any minor problem in the infrastructure impacts the user experience. Okay. And when I talk to the IT people, the uh, the biggest challenge which face the IT people is uh, that uh, they get to know about the problem once the problem happens. And wouldn't it be nice if uh, we can solve the problem uh, before the problem happens? Uh, what AI does is, as you said, it can continuously start doing the things and uh, look at some of the issues. If you are continuously getting the telemetry, AI can continuously analyze the telemetry and can starts giving you insights that something that the trends are changing. Okay, so let's take a simple example. You are in a in a building, and I will use the Wi-Fi as an example. And uh, you are in a building, and every day to a single AP, five people connect to that AP, and the things continue, right? And then suddenly. One day, six people are connecting to that AP, and the next day, seven people are connecting to that AP. If a human is looking at that data, they number one, there are so many APs, you are never going to look at that much data, okay? And even if you look at it, you're basically going to sort of ignore it because there are so much other things. But what AI can tell you as a trend is that for this AP, something is happening because of which the number of users connected to this APs are uh, uh, basically going up, okay? Now, what that tells you is that what is happening, this trend which is changing over two, three days, what tells you is either the density of the people working in that area is increasing, okay, or something else is happening in the neighboring APs because of which they have not generated an alert, but people are not able to connect to them, okay. So now you basically got a trend. This may be a good trend because you already know that a group moved in there and you don't need to take care of anything. Or this could be a trend where you need to go, oh, I need to go improve on my infrastructure or I need to put additional access points. So this is where the help can come in that you can now start to see the problems before those problems happen. Uh, the second thing I will talk about it is the one of the tasks IT operators need to do is continuously manage the alerts and events and all that kind of stuff, right? And when these alerts are coming in, the reason alerts are coming in is because systems thinks that something malicious is happening or something abnormal is happening. Abnormal is related to your environment. And typically what we do is we define normal based on our experience, okay? So again, I will give you example from the Wi-Fi network, which we have seen. Typically people will define a threshold of uh, notify me if a user can't connect to the Wi-Fi network after say three minutes or something like that. And that three minutes is really your experience over time that typically a user should connect in three minutes, okay? Now, think about this. What happens if you just opened a new building and there are only 50 people, 
the connection time shouldn't be three minutes. It should be three seconds. You have all the infrastructure, authentication and all other shouldn't, stuff shouldn't take any more time. So now you're starting to get the dynamic baseline of where five people are there, anomaly should or abnormal uh, alert should come in if it takes more than a minute. If there are 5,000 people, maybe the time taken is five minutes. So now you're starting to these personalized or uh, the installation dependent or implementation dependent baseline where you can now getting alerts which are true abnormal behavior rather than you have to go and look and say, ah, this building have 5,000 people, so it's, uh, I don't need to worry about it. So this is where you can save the time and this is where the AI uh, comes in, Joe. That's a good point, Pratap. But that also means for me that if you want to deploy AI, it's more a slow process. So you need to start slow, you need to learn and then evolve. Does Cisco have a 0 to 100 AI in one day class or how can you make that faster? So what Cisco, so Cisco have some classes, but what Cisco has done is, so we have our pro, uh, product called DNA Center. And in the DNA Center, what basically we have done is we basically give you visibility and you can look at the visibility, right? But when it comes to automation that based on visibility, do some changes into to the network because at the end of it, all of us, what we want it is uh, the self-correcting network or uh, uh, that kind of thing. Okay, but not everybody wants to trust the uh, self-improving network from day one. Okay, so we basically give you this dial from zero to three hundred and sixty. Uh, Mark, what you are talking about, right? Day one, you can put the dial to zero, saying, "I don't want you to touch my network." Just tell me what is happening in the network. Maybe suggest to me how should I change it, okay? You look at for next three days, say, yeah, these suggestions which you gave me, they look fine. Okay, go ahead, always apply these two suggestions, but don't apply anything else. Uh, tell me everything else. And then after five days, yeah, I'm happy with that. Apply those suggestions. So that's what Cisco has done, giving you this dial of zero to 360 on the automation side. And on visibility, we tell you what all is going on. If there's no other question, one more for me. So if I'm an employee in a SOC or a network team, do I need to be worried that my job is going away? Because AI means I'm optimizing things. So is there a risk for me to long, long, no longer be needed? Mark, every time a new technology comes in, uh, when they brought in the cash registers, all the cashiers thought that their job is going away because now they don't have to write on a piece of paper or pen, right? But the technology always uh, improves life. From an AI perspective, what I see is that today, as I talked about, 95% of the uh, network configuration happen manually and that creates security issues. And since a lot of these things are happening manually, the things CEO and CIO wants to get done, which is create a digital enterprise, okay, those tasks basically gets pushed out to tomorrow or next quarter or next year. Okay. The goal here really is to use AI and ML to do the task, save you time, Okay, and then you should use that time to re-architect your network, redesign your digital enterprise, provide better services both to your employees as well as your customers. So the way we see it is rather than your job going away, your job should be focused on the things you were hired to do 
rather than you are doing today. That's the way I look at it. So the idea is AI should help automate the boring and repetitive tasks, whereas the engineer should focus on the interesting stuff. Exactly. The engineer should focus on high-value tasks. AI cannot do network architecture. Only a human network expert can do a network architecture. So that's the differentiation that AI can focus on some repetitive task and uh, uh, basically on the expert task, your job becomes now to do the expert task. I I think the interesting point comes up also is what are some interesting use cases of what Cisco has done from AI perspective or what Cisco have released recently from an AI perspective. And I will talk about two things which are really important and then anything which has a lot of data uh, is also becomes interesting. So one thing we just released is uh, if you are in a Wi-Fi world, radio resource management is interesting. How do you get the best performance out of your Wi-Fi network? And to get the best performance out of your Wi-Fi network, you need to do radio resource management. Now think about when the Wi-Fi started, we used to have 802.11a or 11b, and now through the letter soup, we are on 802.11ax or Wi-Fi 6, right? In 802.11a or b, there were one channel, the speed was 11 megabits per second, and there was no uh, multi-user input, multi-user output, and single channel of 20 megahertz. If I look at today with Wi-Fi 6 and 6e, it is providing multi-gig throughput. It have channels which are 20 megahertz, 40 megahertz, 80 megahertz, 160 megahertz. It have multiple streams which you need to optimize. So now for you to do the uh, uh, radio resource management, it's impossible. There are so many variables, it's impossible for human to do a radio, uh, radio resource management. But for a computer, Computer can always take these variables and they can compute multiple permutations and combinations and they can learn and provide you quickly what will be the best thing, okay? So that's uh, that's one of the use cases and the thing which we have just released. I believe you guys also had a, a discussion on endpoint analytics. Again, when the endpoint are identified, now we can apply a policy uh, on the endpoint without a network operator going and figuring it out. Somebody connected an endpoint and I, I need to connect the policy. So this is also a help into the security side because now your network is more secure that anytime an uh, endpoint is connected, it gets a consistent policy and uh, no errors can be done. So again, AI helps here. So those are some of the things which we have released recently. So I guess thinking about this in, in the model of, you know, DevOps or NetOps or NetSecOps, um, what is it that we have for for sort of a feedback loop within this type of an AI model, right? How do we get visibility into what these analytics are seeing and what it's actually showing us for what it's observing as the trending and these patterns over time versus what would be kind of our either tribal knowledge or our gut feel for for what's going on inside of our infrastructures? So, I've, I, uh, Joe, I will take the question in uh, two parts, okay? One is generally the data coming in, uh, it is providing you the trend in the data, right? And you can, uh, as it's providing the trend in the data, you can quickly see with your data that that trend is happening. 
Okay. Now the second question which comes back is that I gave a lot of data to my machine learning engine. Okay. And that machine learning engine then came back and said, oh, by the way, this is what is happening in your network. Or I fed a lot of photos of cat. And then the next photo I show, my machine learning engine says, this is a cat. How do I trust that it's really a cat, it's not a dog, right? And uh, what basically we have done in multiple places is that we show you that why that decision was made. So we basically give you some breadcrumbs, okay? And you can look at that in the AI endpoint analytics, if we called a printer, we will tell you these, these were the five things which we recognize because of which we called it a printer. So you can basically say, oh, yes, you called it a printer. These were the five things. Yes, they, these five things you identified correctly. So I agree with you that this is a printer. So we basically leave, show you some breadcrumbs to say why we are calling uh, a cat a cat or a dog a dog. So Pratip, then a question, would that use case then in the future also be extended to IoT devices? We do recognize IoT devices. So we basically have, uh, and now we're getting a little bit into Cisco products. We have two uh, Cisco products. One is AI Endpoint Analytics, and one is CyberVision. Uh, both of them do the endpoint analytics. CyberVision is more focused on industrial IoT devices where they not only recognize the device, or uh, uh, looking at just the uh, simple, uh, what is happening on the network. They do deeper analysis of those devices because those devices, uh, 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 that's the, because they can recognize the operating system and other things on those devices. The AI endpoint analytics right now focused more on carpeted IoT and enterprise devices, but these two combined together can uh, do the endpoint analytics for all the devices. We talked on uh, use cases and a number of things. So what are the benefits of AI? I, I think the, the biggest benefit of AI, and we have been talking about it is, it avoids you doing uh, the repetitive task. So I will, I will look at number one, it avoids you doing repetitive task. Okay. Uh, number two, it shows you things which you may have, have never seen. So when we talked about trends, right? Uh, Trends changing, sometimes you will find them, sometimes you may not find them. So AI can find nuggets which you haven't seen. And the third thing is, it uh, basically helps you with uh, doing some of the uh, configuration and stuff. So it can take the configuration at a high level. So if you think from an endpoint analytics perspective, what we were doing before is when you go and connect a printer, you basically go and connect a printer and then you go on a machine and say, this is a printer and then you configure a set of policies for the printer. Okay, now we have taken it to the next level and you basically say, here are the policies for the printer and after that you don't have to worry about it. Machine takes care of everything. You plug in a device, if it is recognized as a printer, it will tell you I found a printer and it will automatically pull the policies and apply this policy. So it saves you a lot of time. So that's basically where the AI can help. Thank you. So how does it help in troubleshooting, you know, in, in our day-to-day -day, day -day stuff? Troubleshooting have two parts. One is uh, looking at where the problem may be happening and then going deeper at that location. So I keep on giving you Wi-Fi examples, but I will give you another Wi-Fi example. When you're trying to connect to Wi-Fi, from the time you associate to Wi-Fi 
to the time you are able to use the Wi-Fi network, the more than 250 steps happens, right? You associate, okay, you authenticate, you get DSCP address, you connect to DNS, bunch of other stuff happens. If you are not able to connect to Wi-Fi, which step is failing? That step may not be failing, that step may be just taking a little bit too long, okay? And what is long in a given environment? So this is where AI continuously learns and is creating the dynamic baseline for you. So now it can say that if it's taking longer for you to connect to the Wi-Fi network is happening because step number 17 is taking too long or step number 17 and step number 20 are taking too long. So now you don't need to look at all the 200 steps. You can focus on step 17 and step 20. Okay, so that's one where the troubleshoot, it helps. Okay, the second thing which we have done at Cisco is using the machine reasoning and rules engine, we have created the rules to say, okay, if the it takes too long in step number 17, then it, as an expert, if I'm going to diagnose that problem, here's the flow chart, here's the workflow. Okay, so the AI engine will automatically come and fire that workflow to now start doing uh, low-level analysis of step 17, and it will exactly tell you where the problem is and how to fix it. So those are the two biggest steps. One is a macro step and then a micro step. So Pradeep, I've got a two-part question here. Back to your point of it taking human intelligence and someone that's got lots of experience to do a network architecture, what would be the design differences that anybody would make for a greenfield deployment that's going to be ideally just run from the beginning with AI ops versus somebody trying to put in visibility into an environment. And then based on the fact that a lot of AI ops is, is all fed, like you said, you know, you get the breadcrumbs for the data points, but it's all based on empirical data. Would a customer see different end results in an existing environment versus a new environment with the learning models? One thing I will say is I agree the greenfield and brownfield probably are different and you will go faster on the greenfield side on the brownfield, okay? But I wouldn't say that you want to go all the way in on day one, even on greenfield, because you still want, unless and until you have deployed greenfield somewhere else and you were happy with that AI ops, you still want to take it slow. On the brownfield side, you still want to start enabling AI and AI is really, working on the telemetry data, real-time data, which is coming in, right? And what you will see slowly and slowly, and what we have found is that sometimes the network have been working perfectly fine, even in the brownfield environment, where you will see opportunities is optimization opportunities, okay? Because the, the network is working, but it's not since you never compared it to your greenfield environment or since you have never compared it to anything else, which AI can easily do, you don't have any baseline and you were happy with what was happening. So now AI can show you few things where it may be, uh, uh, may not be best optimization happening and it could be optimized better. RRM is a case. A22.11ax is so hard to optimize from RRM perspective. You can quickly probably can get an idea on uh, how to move certain channels in some areas and get a little bit better out of your uh, Wi-Fi network. So you in the brownfield, you get more optimization opportunities, you more get more insights. Okay, so I'm a customer now. I want to get started with AI. How do I start? As I said, Mark, crawl, walk, run. Okay, first thing you do, enable the AI, say, 
tell me what's happening in my network okay just simply look at what's happening in your network for few days few months whatever your cycle time is and as we are giving you more visibility more insights into to the network start trusting them am i telling you the right thing okay and then next step look at what am i what ai is suggesting for you to change change one take one thing and change it and see is that change is has been for good or for bad okay so that's the way i will say just observe get the insights once you get the insights start taking certain uh, recommendations which ai is giving you and if you are happy take more recommendations crawl walk and run that's what i always tell people all right well i would say fully leveraging ai is like an ocean it's pretty vast right all right <laughs> if you want to learn more about today's topic uh, check out the links in the description below and my weekly reminder to you you could subscribe to cisco champion radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases so wherever you're listening to us make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now thank you for listening in see you next week